Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on The War Sports YouTube page. It was a busy boxing weekend featuring, among others, notable performances and victories on December 18th by Sinisa Estrada, Joseph Parker, Zerto Ramirez, David Morrell Jr., Marlon Esparza, and Amanda Serrano. We discussed what happened this past weekend, plus the ongoing coronavirus pandemic and how boxing and the sports world in general are dealing and not dealing with it. All this is part of our in-depth coverage of the corrupt world of boxing and sports governance in general. But, before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skull's double-end bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skull's Fight Shop. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, Please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content that's at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent No Holds Barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, 
masks, and even miniskirts at the new No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. What's up, fight fans from around the world? We are back in the war room with our end of the year show. And it's been a doozy this year. But listen, if you're tuning in, I need you guys right now to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, turn on those notifications, let us know so you'll know when we're dropping a video, a new video on YouTube. All right, so look, I am here in the war room today with my boxing family co-host, Eddie Goldman and Melissa Smith. I don't know how I messed that up. Melissa, Melissa Smith. That's right. Welcome, guys. And we're going to kick off this show with this weekend's fighting craziness. It was just fight fuckery this weekend. That's all I know. And then next week, we're going to bring you guys our end of the year. You don't know shit about boxing awards, okay? Because we have a list. Because some of y'all motherfuckers out there don't know shit about boxing. And I'm one of them, okay? I've got Eddie and Melissa here to school me. Okay, so they've been schooling me. How are you guys doing today? Hanging in, still here. Right on. Yeah. All is good. Still right like, on. You know, shaking my head. Not sure I can really see having watched so many hours of boxing from Friday night through Sunday. Yeah, that was a great weekend full of <laughs> yeah, boxing. Really Some was. of it was boxing. Some of that shit was not boxing. Stephen Espinoza, Mr. Showtime. I just mm, want to tell you yeah, that well, right that's now. That's another story. There. That's a whole other story. But Eddie, we're going to start. I, I got to comment on that because the, the main the boxing media is, is bad enough. The mainstream media in the U.S. Is, is even worse. There was an article in the New York Times called Jake Paul calls out UFC fighters after latest boxing win. There was all this boxing this weekend, and this is the garbage they chose to report on. And the article mentioned the phrase Paul's, quote, ascension in boxing. Ascension to what? The guy is yet to fight a real professional boxer. Okay, the Tommy Fury fight fell apart for reportedly he uh, Fury got injured. We'll see whether that happens. But even he is just a very low level pro boxer who's mainly fought real tomato cans. And his main claim to fame is his family you know, being with Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion. So what does this, this guy have to do with anything? It has nothing to do, he, what he's done so far has nothing to do with professional boxing on any serious level. This is below club fight level, what he's doing, despite all the hype and all the nonsense that's going on. And the people that are mainly interested in it are, not surprisingly, the largely white, UFC fan base. That's who's reporting on it. He was interviewed in the ring by a longtime MMA announcer who knows less than shit about boxing. And this is just nonsense. But now 
the New York Times, a quote, paper of record, all the news that's fit to print. It's become long ago, all the news that fits we print. Which is an old not, not not only that, but you got all these fools on um, you know boxing Twitter going, oh my god, you gotta give him K over of the year. What? No. Oh my god. No, no. not K of the year. No, he, no, he no, knocked no, out no. he knocked out a retired wrestler and MMA fighter. Exactly. Who this stood is- in front of him like a heavy bag. Come exactly. on now. I mean, this is not KO of the year, but that is boxing. Oh, you got to make him number one pound for pound. It's like, what is wrong with you people? You obviously do not know shit about boxing. So there you go. Right. right. Woodley's almost 40 years old. And is the reason he retired from those two sports, because he could no longer do them in any, any decent level anymore and yet the new york times is having you could do a business story about this you could do a story from a social standpoint but to say his ascension in boxing that's that's the part that it just shows how badly the the mainstream media and i'm not talking about the the tabloid media but the supposed you know top top level serious media is from what's going on in boxing, and it's also a reflection of what boxing has done, that it's made itself so inaccessible and incomprehensible that this kind of nonsense goes on and gets all the kind of attention, while all the fights we want to see, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury, Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford, uh, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the fights you can listen never seem to get made or just take forever to get made till the fighters are at the tail end of their career and have, and have clearly uh, declined in their skills. And so this crap comes along and passes itself off as boxing. And the commissions approve this stuff. And as you said, Showtime uh, p- promotes this. They might get better a better buy rate than they did for the, the the real boxing cards that they had because so much of it is behind a paywall for many years that a lot of people just don't know about it. Well, the other thing is too, you 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 had Josh Paul. You know he filled that stadium. I will say that it was filled. The you know the crowd came early. Usually on a boxing card, people don't come till you know. The second the main, main event, right. the co-main, but co-main. that's that, you know, it was crowded, but how much was the pay-per-view? 59.99.95. And I was like, no, thank you. I know Amanda Serrano's on it. I just, no. Yeah, I wasn't coughing up that. No, I, no. I so just in a matter of two time. months, Showtime has had three pay-per-views on there. All of those pay-per-views over $50 each. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. And that's just too much. It is. You know, it is too much. It was. And and really, you know, who did he have on the card? I mean, yeah. Okay. Amanda Serrano is a legitimate fighter. She fought a legitimate person. Mary uh, Gutierrez. But, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I really, I really have. What other fights issues. did you cover? The women, women's fights did you cover this? Well, weekend? we had a lot of women's. We, there were four uh, title belts this weekend. Title fights. Holy shit. Yeah, and I got to tell you, DAZN, along you know, DAZN uh, boxing has a has had a deal with Golden Boy 
promotions to um, to show their fights in the United States. They've just re-inked their deal. And on Saturday night, they had two women contesting for, you know, doing title defenses on their card, on the main card. You had Marlon uh, Esparza, who is an Olympian. She was in the 2012 Olympics. She won a bronze medal. This is a girl who's been boxing. Yeah, she can fight. She's been fighting since she was 11 years old. And she led the card. She wasn't even the Cole maid. She was the first of the four fights on the card. This was the Zarda, Zerda card, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Zerda Gonzalez, which is a great fight in and of itself. But Esparza fought um, Annabelle Ortiz, who was uh, like the straw weight champion for 10 years before she got her ass kicked by Sinisa Estrada. Mm-hmm her last time out. So she came up in weight in two weight classes to fight uh, Esparza with the hope of maybe capturing, you know, a belt back, but uh, which is in this case, the WBC female flyweight, which is 112 pounds. She had been at 105. Well, I got to tell you, you know, I've been following Marlon Esparza for a long time. And I and this was the fight where she finally dropped her amateur boxing style. There was no bouncing up and down, no, <clears throat> no hysteria and fighting up in her chest. She really sank down into her punches. She, she threw really hard. She was sharp. She was crisp. She was all over the ring. She had ring generalship throughout. She really, really, really outfought Annabelle Ortiz, and uh, she didn't get a knockdown. But you know, she it got two pushdowns. <laughs> yeah, got two pushdowns, which were, you know, a little questionable. They were called as knockdowns, but they were not. They were. But I think one of the judges downs. ignored the the second one. Yeah, he did. Well, that yeah. was the scoring was a little score. bit whack. Yeah. But um, the point was, she really fought well, and uh, really the best. To my mind, the best in her career, you know, she she uh, throughout her career, you know, she's had interesting little byways in her personal life. Um, And then she got married. She had a baby. So when she first fought coming back from being uh, a new mom, she had some issues in, in sort of finding her way back to how to fight. But this fight, she was on her game, and and uh, she will she will no doubt become number one rated mm-hmm. in the division because of this. And we really are looking forward to big things. Um, and I, I'll just add that it, towards the end of the fight, Annabelle Ortiz really tried to lay her hands on her and push her around. And Esparza got dirty. Just, she, yeah, Ortiz got dirty, but I got to tell you, Marlon got dirty right back. Right. She fought her off. She really, really showed that she is a true pro now. And um, at 11 and one with her only loss to uh, Sinisa Estrada, this is setting up something really very interesting between the two of them. Um, Estrada, Sinisa Estrada, oh, what are you going to say? The girl is flash. The girl is amazing. She fought uh, this weekend. She was the co-main on the same Golden Boy card. She fought a, a fighter who's unknown to us named Maria Michio Santizo, who is a, as a pro was nine and zero coming into the fight. Guatemalan woman, so happy with the biggest smile on her face. I think I've ever seen coming into a fight, just full of joy. So, so, so happy. 
But she also had a, an amateur career in Guatemala. So, and she has skills. She knows how to fight. So it's not like it was completely out of whack. And this for Sanisa Estrada was the WBA uh, female minimum weight um, title defense, which she had taken off of Ortiz. So, uh, and this was a terrific display of boxing prowess, boxing brilliance, boxing smarts, and just a real sense of panache and entertainment. She nice. knew she was fighting for the crowd. And in Santizo, she had a willing partner. That girl just kept coming forward. Yeah, she, cool, didn't, right. she didn't care. She got hit. You know, she was good. She had skills. She got knocked down. She came right back up. That was in the third round and uh, with a left hook. And then she got hooked again in the fourth round. And, and you know, the, the referee just said, no, 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 we're done. Because right. she went down like a boom she just went down like she and you know there's people said oh she could have kept fighting well yeah no. but you don't want to take the chance with women uh exactly. dying in the ring your fighter no no that ring. was the right call i mean exactly. yeah she was bouncing up but it was the right call to say okay you're done you, you you're you're right. this is just going to go from bad to worse so it gave sinisa estrada the win, it gave her a remarkable cred. And, you know, boxing Twitter was going crazy. Oh, my God, that KO, that KO. <laughs> well, you rarely get a KO in women's boxing. So, you know, Twitter. Right, which, you know, had all the two-minute versus three-minute round questions. But more than that, she's just got this. She has it. She has something. And, and and you really do see that she could be a future right. pound for pound number one or in that top, top three. Nice. So she's going to have some big things. She wants to go up and, and wait, probably one weight class because she's got the belt there too. She's got two belts, two weight classes right now. And uh, we're thinking she probably wants to take on Argentina's Jessica Bop. So that'll be an interesting fight. And then the trajectory is to have um, a rematch between Marlon Esparza and Sinisa Estrada oh, wow. sometime in the future. That would be an awesome super fight. They're both with Golden, you know, Golden Boy. They're both on the zone. So it makes it easy to make that fight down, you know, right. sometime in the future. And also to kind of get up their brands over their next couple of fights to keep to get pe fans really excited and really interested in that kind of a matchup and because you know Sinisa Estrada has KO power she's sitting there as queen you know she won the weekend I gotta tell you because you know Serrano fought but she went the distance because her her opponent just wasn't going down she may have had a face that looked like a clown face but she was not going down Sinisa Estrada did put down her woman so it's like yeah right and then on. the other fights was uh maria of the care at 154 pounds she was doing her first defense uh, for she um uh, lost to claressa shields uh when she fought her back in uh in march last year by unanimous decision so she was hope and and claressa recently released all the belts so she went to um, fight for the vacant, now vacant International Boxing Federation female super welterweight title at 154. 
she fought a woman named Cynthia Lozano, who has a 9-0 record. But if you look at that record, she fought some of the same people more than once. There wasn't anyone that didn't have either a losing career, like zero and two, zero and four, two and two, or debut fighter. And the last woman she fought was um, Jeanette Zacharias Zapata. And it was that KO that uh, became very questionable when Zapata fought three months later on that fateful card in Montreal where she ended up losing her life when she was uh, KO'd there. So that was really questionable. I also got to say her skills were awful. I mean, I, I don't recall seeing as terrible a display of boxing at what is supposed to be a, a world title fight, right, right. professional world title fight. This was worse than club fighting. If you saw this, you know, in a white collar bout, you wouldn't want to watch this fight. That's how bad she was. So I felt bad for Maria of the care because it, it took away from her performance. It took right. away from her win. And I really do not understand what the heck the international boxing federation was thinking of when they allowed, when they sanctioned this right. bout. I mean, and the, as for the matchmakers looking at it, what were they looking at? And it I got to say, Canada, right? Yeah, it's in Canada, and it's so the they, same. They were thinking about loonies and toonies. Well, yeah, money. but it's the same promotional company, you know, GYM, that sponsored that the last card where Zapata lost her life. So I, I really have some 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 issues with this. Not to take away from Maria Maria Decare, she's a good boxer, but it it left some a little bit of stank there, if you know what I mean. Right. When it really shouldn't have, and you know, it's not like the 154 is that poor in terms of poten- potential competitors. They're all over the place. And uh, I know that Decare is going to want to try to um, go after unification with somebody like Hannah Rankin. So there are some good fighters at 154. So I, I really just don't understand what the heck was going on with picking a woman like, like Cynthia Lozano, who like, yeah, you give her credit for showing up in a ring. And she did lose eventually by TKO in the seventh round, but uh, she had no business in a boxing ring. And I don't know what that she was. She should not about. have been licensed at all. She should not have been allowed to fight in that fight. And then uh, the only other fight was another strawweight uh, title fight with Yokostada um, Vale, who is uh, has the IF. IBF and she fought um, Elizabeth Lopez Corzo um, and in uh, who's a, in their fight and uh, she was able to win that by unanimous decision but it sets up a potential uh, unification bout for Sinisa Estrada so we'll see what happens on that regard other than that uh, the zone on their uh, their Parker Chazara card had two women fighting on the undercard. They were also very good. And, uh, you know, I, I continue to say thank you to Eddie Hearn and his own boxing for getting the fact that there are women out there who are really worthy of putting on cards. 
and and helping to support their careers because really nobody else is right now. Nobody else is doing it. That's right. Eddie, you want to talk about the Chisora fight? Were you able to watch the Chisora I was a- fight? Well, I was able to watch it uh, replay on a Daily Motion, which I don't. I'm not sure if that video is still up, but not a lot of people in the U.S. get the zone. They don't release figures of what they get for boxing around the world. The zone seems to be most popular in Europe with uh, football in countries like uh, Italy, Spain, and Germany, where they're starting to get the streaming rights for the top uh, level of football leagues there. And in terms of boxing, that's largely been a failure. It's a, it's a niche sport just about anywhere. And the European football only has the limited popularity in the U.S. And you could watch a lot of that on uh, cable TV in the United States. You don't need to subscribe to the zone to see the English Premier League or some of, some of these others. So not a lot of people watch that fight. Plus, it was on in the afternoon in the U.S., uh, but it's certainly a fight if you find the video. It was a brutal war. I know that's said about a lot of fights, but Parker looked really good, more mobile than he's been, which is interesting since he put on a little bit of weight for the rematch with Chisora, and he was just hammering him. And it was almost like, you know, one of those horror movies where you think you've killed the uh, the ogre or whatever. Right. He comes he, back. The monster just keeps coming back and coming back. <laughs> And the, in some ways, that fight was made a lot more exciting by the lack of defense by, by both guys. Parker got hit a lot, but it was mainly Chisora's lack of defense that he, he was just coming in with his, his head exposed. It was just such a target for Parker to hit, and he was relentless throughout that fight. And there were three knockdowns and the announcers are screaming, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. And it was never over. And it, it went the distance. And then it was in the UK. The fans were clearly for Derek Chisora. There were all this chanting. Hell boy. Hell boy. Right. Oh, Derek Chisora, all this stuff. And the judges seemed to be leaning that way because most people scoring it had a very lopsided decision for Parker, especially with the three knockdowns. But the judges, two of the judges found five rounds to give to Jazora, and one of them found six rounds to give to Jazora. What? And only scored two of the rounds, 10-8, and 114-112 for Parker. So the right guy won. But again, you have, you know, the bad governance and the bias scoring. But just from a fan standpoint, it was an exciting Really exciting fight to watch. And then you you listen to the scourge and you kind of go, huh? Is that the same fight that uh, that I saw? And so now they're trying to hype Parker to maybe get a rematch somewhere with Dillian White to maybe get him in the title picture. But that's going to be uh, a long time coming. And there were calls for Chisora finally to retire. He's taken so much punishment. He took but, a beating. Uh, yes. And, I, and he said he doesn't want to retire. So it was it was heavyweight boxing. Damn. And 
Brutal. It was tough, though. I mean, they were they were. It was hard. There were rounds where he could barely make it back to the corner, but he he was extraordinary. He really was. That's incredible. Well, that so I don't, I don't know how many people watched that fight in in the UK, um, where it was. I think it was also in the zone there, but in the US, it was probably a relatively small number. And as far as I could tell, the fight. That And again, I'm not counting anything from the clown show, although I don't know how many they got for the uh, Amanda Serrano, Miriam Gutierrez fight. But uh, without knowing those numbers, the fight that in the U.S. that I believe was seen by the most amount of people was on Fox, regular Fox on Saturday night with the rising star, the 23-year-old David Morrell Jr., who had defected from Cuba a number of years ago because they don't allow their fighters into the, the pro ranks, getting a fourth-round TKO over a, a decent fighter, not a great fighter, but a decent fighter, Alantes Fox. And the, the ratings, by the way, why I say it was the most watched, the preliminary ratings showed that they got a viewership on the average of 970,000, just shy of a million. However, that being on Fox, it put it in fourth place for the of uh, the TV broadcast networks, which got two times or more with uh, reruns in terms of viewers, a rerun of the Equalizer and CBS, a rerun of the Wall on NBC, and a college football game on ABC between Utah State State and Oregon State, which probably had more uh, regional interest. And the only network that it beat out was the lowly CW, <laughs> which had Grandma got run over by a <laughs> by reindeer. reindeer. <laughs> Another repeat. And they also had World's Funniest Animals Christmas. So they beat stuff like that out, which has got Fox must think, you know, if we ran a, a Christmas movie, Instead of going through all the crap with the boxing, we probably get twice as many people watching and zero <laughs> amount of, of headaches. And this goes on week after week. And the fight also, while Morell clearly won, this is this is only a six pro fight. He's six and zero oh with with five knockouts. His opponent was a step up from him. For him, uh, Fox is not a top-level fighter. A box rec has him ranked 18th in the U.S. in the uh, super middleweight division. Every time he, he's beaten a lot of the opponents, the usual suspects, but every time he stepped up to a championship-level fighter, he did win a regional championship once. But every time he stepped up to the top level, he lost. In 2017, he lost a a lopsided unanimous decision to Demetrius Andre in 2019. He was TKO'd in the fifth round by Liam Williams. And of course, there was a stoppage against Morell in Minneapolis, which is now uh, Morell's base since he came to the United States. Morell was a Cuban amateur star, but as a teenager, he defected to the U.S. He never went to uh, the Olympic ranks. And he's, he's a real talent. He just showed a lot of skills in terms of movement, power, poise for a young man. 
He looked very relaxed in there. But of course, there had to be a governance problem. As the fourth round uh, was going on and Fox was just getting, uh, was getting beaten up, Fox's father, who was also his trainer, got up on the apron to stop the fight. And the referee didn't see it because the referee was watching the fighters and was facing the other direction. So where was the inspector from the Michigan Commission who saw, it was shown on TV, everybody could see it, uh, Fox's trainer trying to stop the fight. Where was the inspector uh, signaling to the referee the fight's over. In fact, Fox himself even saw it. He wanted to continue, but, you know, it's, the fighters often do, but it's, it's too late. So the fight continued longer than it should have. And it was actually, you're not supposed to throw a towel into the ring because that's a disqualification. The, the reasoning is that long ago, there were situations in the old days where somebody from the audience would throw a towel in the ring oh. and the, the fight would stop and you don't, you know, the referee <laughs> doesn't know where it came from, right. but he's supposed to wave it in the, in the corner and the commission inspector is supposed to stop it. That didn't happen. But Ronnie Shields who's training Morrell threw the towel in the ring, which is dangerous because he could have gotten his fighter disqualified, mm -hmm. but that didn't happen. And it was, in his case, it was over. So, Again, we have a shit commission in Minnesota and bad, dangerous governance. And what's next for Morrell? He holds one of these minor WBA belts. You know, they have like a million champions. They said they're getting rid of them, uh, the multiple champions. And of course, he wants a fight with somebody like Canelo. I don't think they bothered to interview Morrell, who speaks Spanish on the Fox show, which made absolutely no sense since the guy won and looked really impressive and you're trying to get this this guy over and who he fights next will and it's it's a very crowded lineup of fighters to get to canelo he's nowhere near the level of fighting canelo but it, it's somebody it's somebody to watch and i don't think it got all the play in the boxing media because there was so many cards going on at the same time and a lot more attention was given to the various the zone cards and the clown fight and all of this yet this is the one that likely more people in the u.s saw than any of these other fights and perhaps depending on what the numbers in the uk were more people around the world saw mm -hmm. I, I was one other fight i want to bring up which uh was also on that card out of Quebec on Friday, the 17th, was the Arthur Bedebeev Marcus Brown light heavyweight fight. This was a WBC world light heavyweight and IFB, um, I'm sorry, IBF uh, unification. Uh, well, the two titles were on the line. Marcus Brown, you know, was trying to come back. And uh, I got to say, Bedebeev was a beast. He really fought well um, and hard. He ended up gain, getting the KO win in the ninth round out of 12. But he, he has levels of fighting that are really tricky and interesting, um, not conventional at all in, in how he moves. He can 
take up the space across the ring so very, very quickly without ever giving any sense of what he's actually going to do once he gets to his opponent. Um, so he's very surprising, very interesting fighter. And, and, and it leads to some interesting questions. If Canelo decides to go up to light heavyweight, what that kind of a showdown would look like if he took him on. So that was, uh, Canelo's you know, going to move the light heavy. Oh, that's what he's talked about, you know, so we'll see if that happens or what actually happens in light heavyweight, but Better be off was was really something. He's now 16 to know, and of his 16 wins, all 16 have been by knockout. Damn. So, yeah, damn is right. I mean, damn. the guy is really serious. I'm gonna have to go get that fight up. And as I said, <laughs> that was on the that Quebec Boxing Commission card with Maria. Was that on the, the, the care? No, that was on ESPN. Oh, ESPN. Part of. Uh, apparently, Yvonne Michel, who runs the GYM uh, promotions out of Montreal, has a deal with Bob Arum. So they they uh, they put this card out on ESPN under the top ranked name. So it showed on Friday night on ESPN uh, Plus. I don't it was I do not believe that it it was not on regular ESPN. It was only available on ESPN Plus. Plus so right. therefore, God knows what the numbers were. Probably pretty lousy. At least it was a pay-per-view on top of that. I understand that in Canada, it was pay-per-view. Um, so, and I don't know what that cost looked like, how many people actually watched the fight. Certainly the the stadium where it was held was full. Um, well, not a stadium, but the venue where it was held was was full. Um, and But that was, again, where Maria Decare fought this crazy opponent so you know governance is also an issue there in terms of the sanctioning board sanctioning itself from ibf and and the boxing commission and in giving a license to uh cynthia lozano to actually compete in that bout that's insane and also having these events indoors at this time I mean, I just went last week to a little comedy sh- event for a really great trans uh, LGBT organization, you know, Unique Women's Coalition. Hosted yeah, I, by my I, I, buddy. I them, yeah. Uh, yeah, hosted by a friend of mine, Jackie Steele, funny as hell. But I wore my mask inside almost the whole time. You know, I took it down to have a drink. I wake up this morning. And I have, because we have LA in, in the county of, in California, you get a little exposure check notification. So five days ago, when I was at the comedy store, that's what it says, five days ago, I had to go get tested today, right? I had to go get a COVID test. So I cannot imagine being in a big ass venue, a boxing venue, sitting yeah. right next to somebody. I'm telling you, in, people. in Manchester, that, that, you know, where the Parker fight was, that stadium was, was packed, packed with screaming people. Right. And the only people I saw with masks were the officials around the, around ring. the ring. Right. Everybody else screaming and carrying on. I mean, if they had a mask, it was down here as a little neck warmer. And I mean, COVID Omicron in UK is out of control right now. We're, so we're I, moving I don't into an endemic. That that's all we know, right? You know, endemic. That, it, it's just out of control. And 
you know, uh, same thing in the Canada fight, in, in the Quebec fight, maybe, you know, the officials were wearing masks, but people in the audience, very, right. very, very few. So these are super spreader events. Truly. Uh, no right. word. Truly. I mean, it just defies logic to me. And there's so little or no reporting about the spread of COVID among right. the fans after the event is exactly. over. There's no follow-up. The only reason we know about the super spreader uh, recent weekend in New York at the Garden was because Lou DiBello, who will pretty much say anything, wrote on Twitter that he had COVID and he was at all these events. The uh, Boxing Riders Association of Aram had their annual dinner where apparently a lot of people uh, got COVID and then there were all the, uh, the events related to uh, the Lomachenko fight that weekend at the Garden. And if you looked at the TV, very few people in the, the crowd there uh, were wearing masks. So how many people got COVID with all these cheering right. fans that are going Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Listen, Jerry Cooney, who was being honored with Larry Holmes, and this is likely, you know, this is one of the three events Lou DiBella went to that weekend. Jerry Cooney got COVID. And they're just praying that Larry Holmes and his wife didn't. And that was the only event they went to. It was uh, the affair at, at Russo's down in Howard Beach in, in Queens, New York. But a lot of people. And, you know, in New York City, we're all saying the entire Lower East Side has COVID right now. I mean, because kids go out and party. Right. Everybody my daughter's age, 22 years old, that she knows from the Lower East Side, sick with COVID. So... Please. And these other sports and the NBA and the NFL, they're canceling games. And I heard that the NBA is going to be allowing, they're calling them replacement players, which is an offensive term. But some of the teams have so few players, they, they can't even field a, a basketball team. What? So they're going to bring in other play right, because of COVID. So they're going to yeah. be bringing in other players to fill the the reserve spots that's uh -huh. that's going on. And you just see this kind of said, but it's not being fully put together. Although there was an article recently in the New York Times that noted this, didn't mention boxing because of course boxing has, has killed its own popularity, but it just said, pause all these sports, just put a pause on them at this point. And particularly focusing on uh, basketball and uh NFL football, college football, and NHL hockey, and whatever other sports are going on. Pause them at this point to see what happens. But that's not being done. And that's what that's going to do is only make the pandemic worse, only let the, the virus be out there in the wild and mutate more, creating more and more serious strains then Delta and Omicron and whatever is coming next, just so people could watch these, these sports and these businesses can, can make, make money. money off of people's illness. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, like it, it, and what you have like with in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets basketball team, they've canceled the next two games. You know, they're basically going game by game in part because they have 10 players at this point in what, they're calling the league's health and safety protocols. 
whether it means they have COVID or they're in quarantine because they weren't vaccinated properly. I mean, there's all this stuff going on. And, you know, still, here we are. New York City had, the, uh, I think on Saturday, had 11,500 people test positive for COVID. New, Damn. new, test, new positive tests. Until State Sunday, it broke the record the next day. Exactly. And then you got, you know, New York State, same thing. So this is New York's tip of the iceberg. It's the same way London and UK, they've got huge numbers of people coming down with COVID every day. Then that starts to spread out to the rest of the country. And you're, you're seeing these hot, hot spots in the Northeast from that. So I, I think you're absolutely right, Eddie. There, there has to be some, some sense made in terms of reminding the boxing world Maybe it's time to like, you know, just keep the, the fans out for a little bit and go into, you know, go into the bubble again for a month or two until we get a handle on this thing. Because you got, you know, 10,000 people in the stadium screaming, jumping up and down without masks. What right. do you think is going to happen? Especially with uh, Omicron, which is much more, um, much more virile in the sense that it's much more readily caught as sort of like, like a common cold on steroids. And um, so people just are dropping like flies from it. Right. Right. And then, then if you look at what's promised, even if the, these fights we've talked about work out, and again, we know in boxing very often they don't work out what's promised for early 2022 would be the Tyson Fury, Dillian White, fight to satisfy his WBC mandatory. And the talk is they want to do that maybe around March or so in a big uh, football stadium in the UK. And they want to have the rematch of uh, Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua also in a big either stadium or arena. It could be in the UK. It could be somewhere else. Eddie Hearn was in uh, was in Dubai looking to sell that fight to the Middle East. And the fight we mentioned earlier, possibly Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano in Madison Square Garden, the same Madison Square Garden we just talked about where the super spreader event events were, were going on. All these fights could be in jeopardy. And again, even if they do hold them, as you said, in a bubble or something, that really changes the economics of these fights if the multi-million dollar gate is not is is impossible mm -hmm. and they have to start planning these fights which have been talked about for late february march april sometime in there as soon as the new year starts they got to start making final preparations for all those fights they're major fights they got to secure the arenas get the television worked out etc 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 so for January, there are lockdowns and near lockdowns. It puts all these fights in jeopardy. And for what? So people could run around without masks, thinking that they had two vaccines. You know, they're going to be changing the definition, hopefully soon, of fully vaccinated for adults from two vaccines of the Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna to the booster shot. And the booster shot, they're going to drop the name of booster shot because it's part of the whole vaccine regimen. It's now, right. it's now three shots. When you got the Pfizer, BioNTech or the Moderna, that was a two shot regimen. You didn't say the second 
second was a booster shot. Now, several months later, you get the third shot. That's part of the same, the same regimen. And as we get to mid-2022, I got my third shot in October. So by, say, the summer of 22, maybe six or eight months since that shot, what will the effectiveness be? They're studying that right now. What will the variance be? This might be something that every uh, once or a couple of times a year, you got to keep getting these shots. And they're racing to make vaccines to deal with these new variants. They're always, uh, they're always behind because of the time that it takes to make these, test these, distribute these, and get them into people's arms. There might be a new variant coming as this happened with this this Omicron. You also have the issue, you know, in boxing in particular, because it is a global sport and because fighters do fight each other in different locales. I mean, we have all this upcoming stuff potentially in Dubai and places like that. You know, uh, United States may have 70 to 80 percent coverage for vaccines or UK. But where how does Dubai feel in fit into that? I know in South Africa, it's a very, very, very low number. So you have issues with Half the world, more than half the world doesn't have this kind of, just hasn't had the first vaccine, never mind the fact that in the United States or certain other Western nations, we're able to have the luxury of a booster. So uh, until that is also really thought through from the standpoint of how you're dealing with global boxing events in nations that may not have the kind of vaccine coverage having protocols in place to keep audiences safe and saying, hey, y'all want to come to a fight? That's great. Just wear your dang mask. It's okay. And keep Just it on. Keep it on. It's not a neck warmer. You know, right. keep it they on don't, your grill. They don't, they don't enforce that. And no. I still see people even going into grocery stores and pharmacies today in New York City, not wearing a mask where it's, you know, can be relatively close quarters. This is, this is New York where everything, everybody is on top of each other anyway. And, and who is going to enforce all that? You put in the enforcement on what, the, the ushers at Madison Square Garden or people just who work in grocery stores or ticket takers. Right. Like but, that. but that's the point. If you're not going to enforce it, then you have to cancel the event. And so that's what, you know, it's like, it makes no sense. You, we know, based on how the American populace is right now, population is right now, they're not going to shut us down again. They're not going to stop the, unless the rates go so high, more people start dying. That's the only way they will shut this down. And yeah, I mean, and there there are like the theaters on Broadway are going to this model where they're saying, hey, we're going to keep showing it. But number one, you need a card. You got to show that and you need a negative test. That happened at the comedy store. Everybody had to show their vaccine card and And five days later. No, no. And a negative test. And a negative test from that day. Now, I know like in in Germany, a friend of mine is there now before any event. They show the card. They get tested right there. Right. They get tested right there. It's a rapid test. They wait 10 minutes, that boom, they sense. go in or boom, see you. In fact, there's a venue here in New York called City Winery that's, that did that this week where they invested in some tests. People lined up. They had tickets. They wanted to see the show. They showed their card. They did a rapid test. 
inside. People who failed the rapid test said, thank you very much. I didn't know I had been exposed to COVID. They left. Uh-huh. But maybe that's what you do. Fine. You want to have 5,000 people, 10,000 people in a venue to watch a boxing great? Event? Great. Test. Get a test before you walk in the dang door. Shit. You know they're too cheap for that. All right. What else we covering here today, folks? Well, that's why you need governments to enforce all that. Right. So well, I would yeah. just say for these all these holidays that are coming up, make sure your uh, your Zoom and your phone lines and everything are all set up and try and do as much of that as possible right. online and over the phone. Exactly. Social distancing, stay indoors, stay masked up, stay vigilant, people. Stay safe and keep your family safe. It's not just you. It's the people right. you love. That's right. Exactly. All right. Well, look, if there's nothing else we're going to talk about today, Eddie, I need you to tell people where they can find you. Yes, you could uh, find me indoors. (laughs) Masked up. Most of the time. Yeah. You know, running around to doctors and all of that. Uh, Mainly if you go to uh, Twitter at at NHB News, you find a lot of discussion about combat sports and politics and music and and all kinds of stuff you could go to my patreon page and i really encourage people to subscribe to it because i'm putting up stuff there that you do not see in the so-called boxing media i got an article called uh, richard mclaren umar kremlev and the ioc on the crisis in olympic boxing which has uh, short excerpts from thomas box uh, press conference of December 9th and the questions I asked of uh, Professor McLaren and Umar Kremlev, the president of what's now called IBA, the International Boxing Association, on their online press conferences, where, not surprisingly, there were uh, nobody asking questions so that I could even see called in from the boxing media anywhere in the world and few or none from any type of media in the United States. So check that out. And uh, my website is eddiegoldman.com. And you can also look for my Red Bubble page if you want to get some no holds barred with That's Eddie right. Goldman gear. You want to buy some buy some gifts and get stuff and just give a big F you to the promoters and networks who have screwed up uh, these combat sports so much. That's right. Melissa, let's have it, baby. All right. Well, first of all, wishing everybody just a wonderful, wonderful holiday and, you know, stay safe and everything else. I am at Girl Boxing now on Twitter and on Instagram. My website is girlboxing.org. I do uh, blog pieces on there. I also link to all the various media that I'm quoted in. Um, And other than that, you know, again, I just wish everyone a lovely, beautiful time with your family or with your friends or with the people that you love that, that can be around you, or, you know, if they can't be with you physically, you know, through, through FaceTime or however else you're going to communicate and just know, you know, we're all in this together and uh, just wishing you all the best. If you got young teach them the word COVID idiot. I taught (laughs) that word to my youngest uh, grandson and he got a real, kick out of it because in his school he's in uh, middle school he's one of the only kids there that 
that wears a mask. Nice. And he says the teachers have to wear masks, but even they don't wear it uh, all the time. And they don't have a mask mandate where he is at for uh, for the kids, which is which is crazy and bizarre. But you can still wear the mask. So teach them that word. They, they like stuff like that. That's right. Well, look, folks, that is all we have for you today. If you guys want more in-depth coverage in on in the sport of boxing, uh, we cover corruption in boxing. We cover sports justice, women's boxing. We cover a little bit of wrestling when I let uh, allow Eddie to talk about that. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio and on Instagram at La Fight Goddess. That's LA Fight Goddess. And check our website out at warsports.com. That's war with two A's, W-A-A-R, sports.com. And look, folks, that's all we have for you today. Peace, love, and push-ups. We are out. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart. The legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And... Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double-End Bag, the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double-End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop, advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content, that's at Patreon.com, slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent, no-holds-barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even mini-skirts at the new No-Holds-Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. For No Holds Barred, 
This has been Eddie Goldman.